Hi, Emily and Sophie. I really want to look back on and reflect this first season that we've worked on together as a podcast. We've never worked together as a team before. And actually, we don't really talk about therapy very much when we're at home. And so I had no idea how we would work together, what the podcast would be like, what our guests would be like. And my main impression is that it's been amazing, that I've loved it. And I have really loved working with you two. And I know you always say that I'm so biased, but I... Because you should be. Because <laughs> you are. <laughs> it's like your mother giving you your school report. <laughs> you were amazing. You are amazing. I really think you are. How have you found it? You might have dreaded working with your own mother, for one thing. No, I don't think we would have done it if we had really dreaded it. But I think similarly, we didn't know how it was going to go. I think we both felt a, a bit nervous for, for a mixture of reasons. I mean, actually, probably for me, the least of which was working with the two of you and more talking about therapy feels very different to being a therapist. And I think Sophie and I's comfort zones um, sort of so far have much been more like just within our clinical practices and less talking about what we do. Um, and I've really loved it. I think I've learned that I am quite long winded sometimes. But it's been amazing working with both of you. And I think even more so hearing these voices from people we've never met and thinking about them and the ideas they've brought us and their kind of vulnerability they brought us to has been really extraordinary. Yes, I really relate to that, Emma. And I think nervous for me with the, the doing this for the first time, this kind of thing, as not, not being a therapist, but talking about therapy, as you say, and also just not knowing what our dynamic would be. Because we don't talk about therapy a lot outside of this space, a bit, it was quite an unknown quantity. I think the thing that surprised me that's been really wonderful about it is how powerful stories are, irrelevant of whether they're well-known or not well-known, the sort of powerfulness of people's stories and helping you see or feel things out or helping me see things or feel things out in a different way, like a different facet. So whether it's depression or loss or addiction or whatever the issue that has emerged, Feeling it through someone else's eyes has made me learn something different about it. Definitely. And I, and I think sort of I have always felt, felt that a lot with the clients that I see is that they're sort of coming to me for help. And yet they also give me so much um, that it's it feels like I always gain a lot from any family that I work with. And that feels like a real privilege. And this has felt sort of a, equivalent in that way. The thing that... I wanted and actually has been far more powerful and moving than I expected was the openness and authenticity of all of our guests and how the most personal is the most universal, that all of us could see ourselves in all of the stories. And we, you know, there was so much when we reflected that we all could have said that was more. And I've had so many messages from people who've listened, who've loved it. And because therapy is so difficult to access, I love the idea that people do get to understand themselves and understand how their families are or how they come to be who they are by listening to these incredible stories and voices. Absolutely. And I, and I think the really powerful thing about the unheard voices alongside the more sort of well-known people's voices is this thing that I think if somebody is famous or successful, 
then I think when we hear them speak, sometimes we can have a thing in our head like, yeah, but like whatever happened to them, they made it. <laughs> like they made it to the top or they did this or they achieved that. And so I think there's something very powerful about hearing someone who like, that's me I'm hearing or somebody who's had the same experience as me and they have managed to get through it. And it hasn't been easy in that with any of these things, there's not an end point where you're like, ah, tick, done. But they have been able to live their life and live their life as fully as they can, given their circumstances. And I think that is a really powerful message for people to hear. And I think thinking about sort of individual, there's lots sort of, of, of images that come into my mind. I think I loved the mini driver image of the tree <laughs> that she came back to in that really lovely circular way that represented the winter tree and the summer tree and coming back to that same image. I think it's just such a powerful metaphor for life that we we have seasons our lives have seasons and knowing that just because we might be in winter doesn't mean that there can't be a spring and a summer and at some point in the future yes I love that I mean I love all of them so much you know just coming into my mind now and maybe tomorrow a different one would come into my mind is when Jess there was a moment which felt like a kind of those incredible small moments of therapy when you notice somebody actually change in the moment when she'd been talking about what had happened to her and the child that she had been and at that moment it changed and then she kind of recognised that she could grow again and become more herself again in the recognition of what had happened to her. And that felt so healing and extraordinary that somebody I'd never met in a 50-minute conversation can have a realisation that might well change how she sees herself in the world. I think for me, when I reflected on the series, it, there wasn't really one moment that stood out for me. There was moments in all of them that I loved that the thing I returned to most of all when I reflected on it was this idea of self-compassion just came up over and over again for me as such a resource to turn to whatever the hardship that you can't necessarily solve or take away or fix quickly the whatever is going on in that moment but so often we add this sort of meta layer of pain around the sort of that self-critical part that's come up quite a few times just that thing of being loving and kind to yourself and not attacking yourself on top of the pain that you're already in or the confusion or the or the lostness and that can just soften something that sometimes just makes it easier to bear rather than punishing yourself in the middle of suffering. And it's so funny because it's like, it feels obvious when you say it, right? Like, don't be mean to yourself when like life is beating you. And yet I think you have to like consciously do it. I, I think our instinct generally is to, to not even notice that we're beating ourselves up. It's like you have to almost be like, what am I actually saying to myself? I think it's quite often not a conscious thing where you're not, I'm not necessarily consciously saying to myself, I'm failing at this and I'm failing at that. But the feeling is that I'm failing. <laughs> so some of the messages there. I think that's so true. I think it's so true. We don't even realise we're screaming at ourselves sometimes until you tune in. And it's sort of a coping stretch, isn't it? It's like a sort of pull yourself together message that people often tell themselves without realising it, rather than like, you're doing your best and this is just a really hard time. Listening to people and, and hearing them be so vulnerable, which I think just takes so much courage and bravery. There's this very beautiful Leonard Cohen song 
uh, which I'm not going to sing <laughs> because I am better at therapy than <laughs> singing. <laughs> but the words are... You got that from me. Yeah, both sides, actually, I think. <laughs> um, but the words are, go ring the bells that you can ring. There is no perfect offering. There is a crack in everything is how the light gets in. And I just think it's such a beautiful way of saying that we are all a bit broken and imperfect and have been bashed a bit by life. And that is what makes us human and is also what makes us beautiful. And I really felt that listening to all the interviews, actually. And the cracks, the thing that makes me curl up is listening to my voice. I find it so hard to listen to myself I mean I would so much rather not have to listen back because it's where I have this awful sense of shame or I can see all the different things I could have said and wanted to say wished I'd said that were of course were better I mean I don't listen to myself Mm -mm. (laughs) I don't listen to them I feel like that says something about us or me or like what is that (laughs) yeah I don't listen I found it so hard in the beginning just even talking I found hard because there was another part of my brain awake at the same time going what are you saying what's what's this coming out of your mouth do you even think this is true like a whole load of back chat Uh, it's got easier and I guess it's like your quote isn't it like it's one of those funny things where as much as we understand the idea of self-compassion it's still really hard to apply (laughs) It takes a lot of practice. <laughs> yeah. I think we're building an audience and a relationship with our audience. And that feels powerful and special and in some ways intimate. When people send wonderful messages or, and they hear themselves and they, they ha- some people have written to me that they always listen on a Wednesday morning when they take their dog for a walk or other people do it on their way home from work or they kind of say, gosh, I heard myself there. And that just feels so, makes me happy, I think, and gives me a little skip of joy. And sometimes it makes me cry. So I just love the idea that we're building a relationship with with people that are listening and that they are building a relationship with us of trust and that we're sort of faulty and frail and do our best. And sometimes we do have these beautiful moments and they can embrace them all with all of us like they all have cracks and we have cracks and that's what brings the light and also in the cracks is how we learn right it's how we grow as well it's been a lovely thing seeing it going out into the world and being received it's sort of there's always this sort of breath from the point of starting the creation to they're like (gasps) and then see it become the number one mental health podcast in the uk Woo woo. I know I was so happy then I was sitting in New York in a prepped really quite depressed not depressed but it was quite a depressing breakfast I was having and I got the message from Georgie and I literally wanted to go and kiss everybody behind the bar prepped who didn't know who I was and couldn't care less but I just was jumping up and I was so happy so it was so lovely yeah The other part of it is that, and I think this is sort of similar to families that I've worked with in therapy, is that it sort of goes out in the world and you have these interviews with these people and then you don't know what happens next. Yeah. And it's I have families that I worked with for years and years and years and then you say goodbye to them and I I wonder, I'm like, that little girl that I I worked from when she was three until she was nine and then I never... I don't know what happened to her. And it and it feels something similar where you're sort of putting something out in the world and you 
get like an instant reaction. You get a sort of instant feedback, but you don't really know what happens to it. And so you sort of, I'm also like imagining people listening to it and imagining what that's like. So I think there's a sort of weird parallel with that. Yeah. So I'm really looking forward to season two. I have done some of the recordings already. So I'm not going to say who they are because I want them to be a reveal and exciting. So media savvy, mum. Going to keep you guys hanging. But we have got some amazing recordings and season two is going to be fantastic. I think it's going to be a bit longer, more episodes. So I'm excited for that. And just to say everyone who listens... Really thank you for listening and I hope we go on filling your ears with conversations that give you and meet you in the way that you need them and want them. Yes, and Sophie and I are also incredibly excited for season two and thank you so much. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.